0: Welcome back to Tales of a Shockingly Strange Past. I'm your host, Jess. This next episode is on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. I hope you're all well, happy, and healthy. Don't mind my voice. I've been pretty sick the past week, Um, so I did zero research because of that. Um, I pretty much laid in bed for 15 hours of the day and watched True Blood for the other nine, So, but that's okay, because we're going to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. It's crazy. It's a self-defense case, um, but it is definitely not black and white open and close. No, 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 definitely not. Um, there's a lot to it. So it's a crazy one for sure. I didn't know anything about it. And I kind of was like judging Kyle just based off of his picture and my boyfriend Jr. He's like, you don't even know anything about it though. So how can you do that? And I'm like, it's my vibes that I'm getting. It's the vibes. So then I decided, no, no, read it and see, and my opinion totally changed. So, all right, let's just get into it. Um, There's a lot. I'm not going to go detail for detail because there is so much, but I'm going to start with Jacob Blake um, because this all kind of started, the protests in Kenosha started with the shooting of Jacob Blake. Uh, he was a twenty nine year old black man who was shot by a white police officer seven times in the back and side on august twenty third twenty twenty uh It happened outside of his apartment complex. one of his neighbors also in that complex um took video footage of it on her cell phone uh so that definitely got leaked and it was right all right around the time same time of George Floyd being murdered, uh, Breonna Taylor, um, Elijah McClain, so a lot of injustices going on. Okay, so Kyle Rittenhouse, um, he was 17 at the time. He lived in Illinois with his uh, mother and his sister, but his dad and some other members of his family lived in Kenosha, so he definitely was in Kenosha quite a bit. I'm going to start with um, Dominic Black. Uh, He was a witness. He is very good friends with Kyle. He was dating Kyle's older sister, um, which is how he became friends with Kyle. He was about three years older. And uh, in the time of dating his sister, Dominic and Kyle became uh, very good friends. Kyle would go out to Dominic's house a lot, uh, which was his stepfather's house, actually. So it was there that he saw a new gun that Dominic purchased, an AR-15. Kyle liked the gun, and he wanted one for himself, but he's only 17, so he could not own or purchase a handgun legally. So him and Dominic came to an agreement where if Kyle would pay for the gun, Dominic would buy it and it would stay in Kenosha at Dominic's stepfather's house in a safe until Kyle turned 18. So they made this agreement, um, the gun was purchased, and it went into the safe. It never went with Kyle to Illinois when he went back to his mother's house. Okay, so let's jump to the day now, August 25th, 2020. So there's um, Black Lives Matter protests happening in uh, Kenosha the night before. uh, There was some rioting happening, fires, looting. There was a car lot, which they refer to as a car source, that was completely burnt. All the cars destroyed. um, The building got destroyed. It was just a complete loss. Earlier that morning on August 25th, Dominic, Kyle, and Dominic's brother went into the city of Kenosha to help clean up from the night before. Uh, While they were there, they went to the high school. There was large groups of other people who were cleaning spray paint off of the high school, so the boys decided, let's do this. For about two and a half hours, they helped clean uh, the high school of spray paint. Now on the way back to their vehicle they stopped and talked to one of two brothers who owned this car source that was burnt they also owned two other ones in the city so they're chatting uh the owner is telling the boys how it was a complete loss How, you know, they couldn't afford if this happened again tonight or the next night. You know, they just needed to um, keep their other car lots safe from the rioting. So as they're telling the guys this, the boys offer their protection. They offer to come down and help the owners protect their car sources. They exchange phone numbers and uh, they head back to Dominic's stepfather's house. Now, it's there that Dominic's stepfather actually emptied out both of the safes. He brought all of the guns um, up into the house from the basement, from the other safe. Because of the rioting, he wanted to have them in the house. He wanted to have them nearby. Um, Dominic said he was standing in his kitchen when Kyle walked up the stairs and he was holding his, Kyle's, AR-15. Uh, He just assumed, you know, this is how he obviously obtained it. It was out of the safe. Kyle laid it on the kitchen table, and he continued to look through the house for medical supplies. Because remember, this is the reason why they're going into the city in the first place. They're going to offer medical help. Uh, They're going to help protect the city, to help protect these car sources. Um, You know, it seems like for the most part, that's what they were doing. Every video footage that you see of Kyle, he has his AR-15 and he also has um, his medical, orange medical bag strapped around his shoulder. Uh, So they were going to help people as well. So they get ready. Um, Now this time back to the city, it is just Kyle and Dominic. Uh, they get into the city, they park at a friend's house with a friend, they walk down to the first car source. Um, that's when the brothers, you know, they they saw them there. Now, during the trial, the one brother said they never personally asked Kyle or Dominic to come to protect the car source, but when they saw them there that night, they were okay with them being there. They didn't ask them to leave. Um, they were okay with it. There were a lot of other people there that looked just like Kyle and Dominic. A lot of people said that they were a militia. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what was said. It was a lot of uh, white males carrying AR-15s, other big guns like AR-15s. I don't know a lot about guns. So, similar-looking guns. So, um, now, as this is happening on one side of the city... On the other side is the Black Lives Matter protest. Well, there was a curfew, so it's coming now. Time to this curfew. SWAT team, police are coming out. They have bear cats, and they're starting to push the protests off. Protesters off the streets. They want them off the streets. The curfew is coming. Um, they were in this park. They want them out of the park, so they're pushing them backwards, backwards towards. Kyle and these other groups of people that are protecting these car sources. So this is the first kind of video footage that you see are these people getting pushed backwards. And then all of a sudden they are now meeting up with these other groups of people. I'm just going to say militia. I'm not saying that's what I think. It's just easier to say that instead of saying this group of people, this group of people. So the protesters are now face-to-face with this so-called militia, and they're curious to why these people can, you know, be on the streets. Uh, they're not police officers. They're civilians, you know, holding guns, and it just seems very strange to them. So you can see and obviously just tell that, um, tension, it's getting heated. You know, people are starting to kind of go back and forth with each other. Uh, this is the first time that you see Joseph Rosenbaum, which is, uh, Kyle's first victim. He is using racial slurs. He's just calling people out. You know, you can tell he's trying to get into fights with people. Um, well, the group, you know, is still getting pushed and pushed. So people are just kind of dispersing down the street. Kyle and another man start to walk. Um, A cameraman is following them, just asking them what they're doing there that night. Uh, Kyle's making statements that they're here to help people, help uh, protect the car sources. And he also makes a statement claiming to be an EMT which he's not an EMT. Now, he does have some training, some, um, it's more or less, uh, you know, kids, younger kids, um, minors who are taking some first step classes to one day wanting to become an EMT. So it's not that he doesn't have any training because he does, but he is not an EMT. So in this footage that this cameraman is taking of them, you can see, you know, um, he's they're walking down the street together and they come to the end of the road and you can see to the side of them that there's some bear cats starting to get set up to start closing off some of these streets. Now, this is the first time that Kyle comes face to face with what was This man referred to as Yellow Pants Man because he was never identified. And this kid, I guess him and other groups are across the street. They're throwing rocks at the Bearcats. Yellow Pants Man screams across the street to Kyle and says, Hey, you're that kid who pointed that uh, rifle and that uh, laser pointer at me. And, uh, Kyle said he had never seen this kid before. His gun does not have a scope on it. Um, he says that he did not point his gun at yellow pants kid. Um, so he made a sarcastic remark back to him saying, I did, I guess, like kind of like I did, I don't know, you know, and that was it. There was no more confrontation. They continued to walk. Well, um, there ended up being a little bit of confrontation then with Joseph Rosenbaum. Now this is the first time that Kyle and his group of friends is seeing Joseph Rosenbaum. Um, Joseph Rosenbaum, sorry, I keep on saying it so fast that it's like sliding together. Um, so, Joseph Rosenbaum, uh, he's with another kid, Joseph uh, Zaminski, or I'm sorry, Joshua Zeminski. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, Joseph, he was making some racial slurs, and you can just tell he was there to riot, to cause trouble. You could see that in the footage. I'm not saying anybody deserves to get hurt or anything like that, but it was pretty obvious in the footage. You could see in some um, other footage that people took, he was carrying a steel chain in one hand, a plastic bag that had stuff in it, but we don't know what in the other hand. So the first time that um, Kyle's group comes across Joseph, he is just screaming at them because they're stopping and asking people if they need any medical help that he will fucking kill them if he catches any of them alone. So that's the first interaction. Now nothing really happens from there. They go their separate ways and then there's a second time again that they see Joseph Rosenbaum and now this time he's screaming at his friends, Kyle, well, Kyle's acquaintances, people that were there helping protect the car source, that he will rip their fucking hearts out, um, making more racial slurs, and just threatening these people for really no reason at all. Um, So that was the second confrontation with Joseph Rosenbaum. Now, Kyle and another man, they continue on their way. They're um, continuing to ask people if they would like medical help. And Kyle says he notices that the man that he was with isn't next to him anymore. So he's kind of looking around for him. He can't find him. And there's a gas station across the street. So he crosses the street, he goes to this gas station, and there's so many people there. That's why he went there. He assumed maybe this person he was with, this man that he was with, um, is at this gas station. So he's looking for him there. He can't find him anywhere. So he decides, okay, let me get back to the car source that I was at, where Dominic is at. He tries to cross back over the street again. But now the police are telling him, listen, you've already crossed the street. You can't come back this direction now. They've set up the Bearcats. They're not letting people go down certain streets. It's past the curfew. Uh, They're closing the streets off. So Kyle... um, I'm sure at this point, feeling a little scared, just like anybody. He decides to go back across the street to the gas station that he just came from. He feels like that's his safest spot. Um, there's a lot of people there. There's people there protecting the gas station. He gets a call from Dominic Black. Dominic tells him, you know, he get, needs to get down to the other car source, uh, that there's people down there starting to light cars on fire, that he needs them down there to, to help. So Kyle, he um, approaches somebody at the gas station and tells him two things. He tells him that he needs a fire extinguisher, and he asks him to come with him to please help put these fires out at the car source. Uh, now this man, he again, he wasn't identified at the gas station. He did give Kyle a fire extinguisher, but he was not able to leave the gas station. He told Kyle that he heard that there were already people at the car source putting out the fires. He needed to stay at the gas station. So Kyle took the fire extinguisher and he ran, um, he started to run towards the car source. He said in his testimony that he would run, then he would walk, then he would run. He was asking people if um, they needed any medical help on the way. Nobody did. So as he's getting to the car source, he gets there, he steps around a vehicle And this is when Kyle says that he comes face to face with Joshua Zeminski, um, which he met earlier that night with Joseph Rosenbaum. He was the one that was with him, who was screaming at his group that he was with. Um, And he says that Joshua is holding a pistol and and he points it at him. So Kyle says he takes a few steps backwards. His plan is to try to turn to run. As he do that, as he does that, he can see that Joseph Rosenbaum is charging at him from at the side of him. So he turns and he starts to run. But know this, there's so many people around. I mean, there's just groups and groups of people everywhere even the footage of Kyle walking by himself, um, holding this, uh, cause there's so many people taking, um, video, you know, while they're there of the riding, there's fires, there's looting, just all kinds of shit. Of course, people are recording. That's what you do nowadays. So you can see Kyle like walking and running to get to the car source holding this fire extinguisher. And there's just so many people. So... Joseph Rosenbaum is charging at Kyle. He turns to run. He doesn't have much space to run, but you can see in another person's video footage that um, he is able to run through the car source. And uh, once they get um, behind the vehicle, Joseph Zeminski is... he Now, in his testimony, he said he was behind... Um, I'm sorry, Joshua Zeminski said he was behind Joseph Rosenbaum as Joseph was chasing Kyle. He notices Kyle turns. Joseph is basically getting ready to lunge at Kyle, trying to grab his gun from him. And then that's when one shot goes off. That wasn't from Kyle. Kyle. So Joshua Zeminski decides, he's thinking, oh my, I'm like in the line of fire here. He takes a couple steps over and then four shots go off from Kyle's gun. So he shoots and hits Joseph Rosenbaum four times, um, one in the head, one in the side, or I'm sorry, two in the side, I believe, and then one in the chest, um, Zeminski is running to Joseph's side, trying to stop the bleeding. He's screaming for Kyle to call the police. Kyle picks up his phone and calls Dominic Dominic Black and says, I just shot somebody. And you can see Kyle in the footage standing there looking down at Joseph Rosenbaum And just groups of people are scattering everywhere. Kyle says he can hear people screaming, get him, get his ass. So now this is when uh, Gage, let me see how to say his last name again, because it's a more difficult one. Sorry. So this is when Gage um, Grosskreutz comes in. So Gage is doing a Facebook Live during all of this. He is doing the Facebook Live even before the gunshots go off. Now he said he noticed Kyle early on in the night um, because he noticed this young kid carrying this AR-15 He had this medical bag, but he said what he, what really stood out to him was that Kyle had medical gloves on and he was chain smoking cigarettes and he wasn't like changing out his medical gloves, which I mean, obviously you know how bad that could be. You know, if you're doing any type of uh, care on somebody and you're, continuing to keep on the same gloves, So that stood out to Gage, especially because he's an EMT himself. Um, he has a lot of schooling. He is a licensed EMT, even more than that, honestly. He has a lot. Um, he's very smart in the medical field. He knows what he's talking about. So he is doing his Facebook Live. Um, he hears the shots go off. And you can even hear him on his Facebook Live say, I think that was just gunshots. And you know, people start running. You can hear people screaming, he just shot somebody. He just shot somebody. Well, when Gage turns towards where the shots just rang out, which was the car source, you can see Kyle running out from the car source. This is right after he shoots Joseph. So Gage runs up to him with his cell phone, and he kind of has his cell phone, like, up in his face, and he's like, what's going on, man? Like, asking him questions. Did you just shoot somebody? Like, what are you doing? What's happening? He misunderstands what Kyle says. He thinks that Kyle says something like he's working with the police, but then it ended up coming out that Kyle actually said, I'm trying to get to the police, um, so Gage, he turns to kind of head towards Joseph Rosenbaum to see if he needs medical help, realizes that he's getting help already. So he continues to follow Kyle down the street. Now, this is when Kyle said that it was a literal mob chasing him. Now, people are screaming, um, get his ass, kill him. He just shot somebody, basically making it seem like he's an active shooter. That's what people are thinking, that somebody, there's an active shooter, you know? And that is fucking scary because that happens way more than we like to think. I mean, we know that, you know? It just happened again at another school. So I don't know what I would do if if I was somewhere and somebody was saying active shooter and I was maybe somebody like Gage, who he had his Glock on him. Now I'm going to just say this because it was said and it, you know, all these details are important. Um He, his gun was not, it was expired. His tags were expired or his license was expired for his gun, but he still had it on him. But somebody like him who has training and is an EMT, and has his gun on him, and has a lot of gun training, too. Here's Active Shooter, you know, he's trying to help. He's trying to maybe prevent more people from getting shot. That's what he's thinking. So he's continuing now to chase Kyle, along with many other people, so Kyle's running down the road, and that is when Anthony Huber, which is Kyle's second victim, um, comes and is going, or I'm sorry, he Kyle, Anthony isn't chasing Kyle. He's standing already down the road from Kyle, waiting for Kyle to get close to him. Kyle said he's holding his skateboard like a baseball bat. Once Kyle gets near him, he takes a swing at him, hits him in the neck. Kyle um, does deflect the skateboard off of his forearm, and the skateboard went flying across the street. You can see Anthony in the video footage run to go get the skateboard. This is really sad. I um, watch because this is just another like innocent civilian who honestly thought there was an active shooter and was trying to stop this active shooter. They didn't know what really just happened. Um, but I'd watched, you know, like I said, so many hours on this and watching and listening to Anthony Huber's girlfriend. Um, it just broke my heart. It literally ripped my heart out. It was really sad. She said, you know, they were standing there together and they're just all of a sudden hearing people scream that there's a shooter, somebody got shot, and they can see Kyle. And she said, just like that, like, she she held on to Anthony. They were holding hands, and just like that, he was gone. He let go of her, and there was just no stopping him, you know. And then she tried to find him in the crowd, and she couldn't find him anywhere. So Anthony goes to grab his skateboard, Kyle is continuing down the road. He's getting a little dizzy. He tumbles over and falls. He's on the ground. Um, Now, as he's on the ground, he's got like three or four people coming at him. He's on his back, so he's able to point his AR-15 at these people who are coming at him like straight on. They all back up except for one person. Now, the one person who didn't back up continued on him. He kicked him in the face with his boot, and Kyle fired two shots at him. Both shots missed him, and this kid has remained unidentified because he never came forward. Um, so he didn't get hit. And if he did, I don't know. It must have just maybe been a graze or something. But I guess they said he didn't get hit. So as um, that's happening, uh, the Kyle shoots the two shots. Anthony Huber is now back with his skateboard. He comes down on Kyle to hit him again in the neck and in the head with the skateboard. As he does that, he's jumping over Kyle and grabbing Kyle's AR-15. And Kyle said he can just feel his gun slipping off of his body. He shoots. He's um was able, I guess, to get his finger on the trigger and he shot. He shot Anthony Huber in the chest. You can see him take a couple steps, and Anthony Huber fell to the ground. Now you can see um, there's a few other people now coming at Kyle. One of them was Gage, and at this point, Gage has his Glock drawn, and he is lunging at Kyle with his Glock drawn. Kyle takes a shot at Gage, hits him in the arm, Gage gets up, stands back, throws his hands up in the air, and surrenders. Kyle's able to get up on his knee, you know, catch his breath. He's able to get up. Nobody else is trying to advance on him, um, and he continues to run down the street towards this police line. Um, People are still chasing him in the same direction, but he's not trying to shoot anybody He's just trying to get to the police. So everybody he has shot so far has been people who have um, came at him, tried to attack him, tried to take his gun. I'm not saying any of them deserve to get shot. I just think nobody knew what was happening and it was just such a crazy intense situation and this is what happened from the situation from the Joseph Rosenbaum situation. This is just what happened from that. Um, I do believe Joseph Rosenbaum wanted to seriously hurt Kyle. Um, I believe that Kyle definitely needed to protect himself from Joseph Rosenbaum. um, I think that if he would have got Kyle's gun when he lunged at him, I think that he would have either severely beat him, shot him, or shot other people as well. Um, he was, sorry to say this, he was an unstable person. He he was just unstable. Let's just keep it at that. I'm going to get more into how fucked up he really is here in just a couple minutes. But Okay, so Kyle is continuing down the street. Nobody else is charging at him, trying to hit him. People are just still screaming, though. He shot somebody. He shot somebody. Kyle makes it to the police line. And when he tells this police officer that he had just shot somebody, the police officers response was, get the fuck back or I will pepper spray you. And then said, And then he said, get home, get home, get home to Kyle. So that's what Kyle did. He ran back down to the car source that he initially was at, which is where Dominic Black was at. Some of his other acquaintances, they let him inside the building. He said he was very, of course, shaken up, you know, just couldn't believe what just happened in shock, just completely in shock. You know, he had told uh, his friend Dominic what had just happened. Um, Now, he stated he could not go to the Kenosha police statement in his testimony because they put up a, um, like a border around their police station during this protesting and weren't allowing people to come and make any reports at the police station. So he had Dominic Black drive him home to his mother's house in Illinois. And when he got there, his mother drove him to their nearest police station where he turned himself in. So that is exactly what happened. Um, now this is Kyle's testimony. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some things. I-, I have to be because there is just honestly so much um, now, Kyle's defense attorney, uh, Mark Richard, Richards, of course, argued that Kyle feared for his life, um, which it's a self-defense case. So what else could you really argue? And I believe he did fear for his life. I, I honestly really do um and then the prosecutor Thomas Binger said Kyle provoked the shooting by pointing his gun at Rosenbaum and should have continued to run instead of turning and shooting there was nowhere for him to run you can even see that in the footage like there's just so many people like he said even when he was running he stopped because there was nowhere else for him to go and once he turned Rosenbaum had, Rosenbaum had gained so much on him at that point that he was basically already lunging and grabbing for his gun. So there was just not too much that he could do. And Rosenbaum, even though he was short, he was definitely a stocky, pretty stocky, you know, dude. And there was so much other footage like that, that you see through the trial of him starting fires through the night. He's got that chain. He threw the plastic bag at Kyle uh, while he was chasing Kyle. And at the time, Kyle had no idea what he had thrown at him. Um, he just saw this silver item being thrown at him. And he knew that Rosenbaum was carrying that chain from seeing him earlier in the night. It's just it's such a sad thing um for of course like Anthony Huber Gage he lost a part of his arm you know from right where your bend is where your elbow is um just right above that is where he got shot in his testimony he said from his from that nook down through his thumb he has no feeling He's gone through many surgeries, through a lot of rehab, and, you know, it's, it has, it's a forever thing. It has changed people's lives forever. So, um, now the judge, Judge Bruce Schroeder, he, um, he, was he seems like a pretty old school, uh, old school soul is how I identified with him. He made me laugh a few times. He was getting so mad at the prosecutor Thomas Binger. He was trying to bring new evidence in, and like in a trial, you have to let a judge know that kind of stuff first. So the judge was just getting so mad at him for trying to continue to bring in this new evidence that he had already said no to. Um, so yeah, but, uh, I'm going to just read you here the charges that were against Kyle. So count one was first degree reckless homicide, use of a dangerous weapon. Count two and three, First degree recklessly endangering safety, use of a dangerous weapon. Count 4. First degree intentional homicide, use of a dangerous weapon. Count 5. Attempted first degree intentional homicide, use of a dangerous weapon. Count 6. Possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18. Count seven, failure to comply with an emergency order from state or local government, which was the curfews that were held for those nights. So he was being charged with five felonies. It took a uh, 12-person jury to deliberate for 24 hours over the course of four days. Uh, Kyle was found not guilty and, um... All of the charges were dropped against him, so he was found to be acting in self-defense. Let me just tell you who Joseph Rosenbaum was. No, I do not believe anybody deserves to die. I'm not saying that, but this man did 12 years in prison. After I tell you what he did, you're going to wonder why he only did 12 He was convicted of multiple, many charges of molesting and, um, molesting and raping little boys from the ages of nine to 11 years old. Yes, molesting and raping little boys. And some of these charges are so fucked up. I was sick. Reading them. Like, I'm not even going to say them because it was just honestly sickening. Um, so that's who Joseph Rosenbaum was. Uh, and that's why I do believe if he would have gotten Kyle's gun off of him, that he would have either, like I said, seriously hurt him or shot him. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Let me just kind of go through this and see if I like kind of missed anything else. It, there? I mean, there's still so much. I didn't even talk about like, I mean, there's so many witnesses and things like that, you know, so there's a lot. So I'm sure I did miss some things, but we'd be here for days if I wanted to talk about all of it. But yeah, I think that is pretty much it. I hope so. Thank you guys for joining me. You can find me on Spotify. Hit the subscribe button and you will get notifications with new episodes every other week. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at True Crimes Untold. And I will see you guys in two weeks. Bye.